Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. show with Bob Valvano is now right here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. B-Show rolling along here on ESPN 680, 105.7, hour number two. We tag in the fabulous one, Phil Baker, for one Zachy C. Zachy C going to be on the UK postgame show tonight around 9 p.m. on ESPN 680, 105.7. Phil, how are you this fine Wednesday? I'm good. It's messing with me because I'm using my iPhone uh, headphones and it sounds crystal clear versus my janky one ear phone headphones working that may have been loaves and everything. I was like, it's the backup to the backup. But, right, right. So I can actually hear myself which right nice. now, which is nice, but it's it's throwing me off. I was like, oh, that it's like the uh, family ideology uh, art, uh, <laughs> spot that blank runs. It's like, <laughs> oh, you can actually hear things. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what it's right. By the way, we, we were talking about it. During, and is EC on the line? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we could talk about this another time. The side door debacle, but we'll dive into that. Well, we could do that after, yes. after EC. Uh, Eric Crawford, WDRB, joins us now on the V Show. Eric, how are you this fine Wednesday? I'm doing well. Awesome, man. Doing well. Awesome. Well, we always appreciate you making some time for us. Let's go ahead and jump right into some basketball talk. UFL basketball, they beat Miami. They have a strong showing against NC State. They are... Well, they're going to be taking on a very, very good UNC team on the road tonight. Um, how much uh, momentum do you think Louisville can still ride from that Miami win in this very tough matchup? Uh, none. You know, you don't get momentum when you lose the next game. That's right. That's, that's the problem with the way the way this is. What they do have, I think, you know, North Carolina. We know what they're going to do. They're going to go fast and score. And we know what Louisville has had trouble with, and that's defending. So that looks bad. I do think Louisville can score uh, on North Carolina. I think that uh, North Carolina historically has not been the toughest defensive bunch. They like to run up and down. And so, you know, maybe Louisville can score enough to keep this thing respectable. I don't know. But but it's going to be hard to judge. I think, you know, for me, the next few games are going to be about how much Louisville can improve defensively. Because that's where they're really struggling right now. And I don't know. You know, I don't know how you do that against North Carolina, a very good offensive team, how you do that against Duke. Um, but that, that's kind of what we're going to be looking for. 
Eric Crawford, WDRB. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Eric Crawford. I, I joked yesterday on with uh, Mark Ennis when we had Tyler Griever on. Uh, it felt like, and I know this is a massive stroking of the ego for you, but it felt like they read your article about a week ago. And what Louisville can do, what can Payne and Louisville do to dig out? Obviously, the win in Miami, you saw some of those things. You saw better body language. You saw, um, you know, just things that you want, the fans have been clamoring for. Hersey Miller started some of the games and even if I don't know if that translate necessarily uh, to start to finish quite frankly the ability for him to be in the entire game but what did you see in that Miami game and did you see any of it in the NC State game that were some of the things that you wanted to see well I think the big thing in the Miami game was when Miami made its run and took what an eight or nine point lead uh, Louisville had an answer and we've not seen them have an answer yet in that situation. That's usually the situation where the nine point deficit goes to 16, 18 and it's over. So I thought they showed some good resilience in that game. And some of it is just plain old coming down and not doing something stupid offensively. Right. And when Louisville right. did do stupid things offensively, they limited it two or three times. Like they had a lead late and Sky Clark took a bad shot and they and something else. But then they come down and they hit Huntley Hatfield underneath and he gets a basket in the post, high percentage shot. Well, that we haven't always seen. And so some of it, I think, is just slowing down a little bit offensively and, and trying to do the right thing. And that Louisville's offense was not a good mix for NC State in the next game because, you know, you've got to do it on the drive against NC State and then hit the open man and – do a couple of things that Louisville has not really done well a lot of this season. But for that Miami game against a team that's not the best in the world defensively, uh, it really worked well for them. So North Carolina is another team. I think they can have success offensively. It's just they have any prayer stopping them, not with the defense they've played so far this season. Eric Crawford, WDRB, joins us, WDRB.com. He's got a good column up talking about the difference between um, – standards and expectations and in it you kind of relate um louisville basketball to a restaurant saying that a a former five-star restaurant might have a new chef they might be trying to uh fix some turnover in the kitchen staff and everything and suddenly uh the bowls of soup aren't that good and the customer just cares about the bowls of soup and everything like that um what is this uh the expectation um in this unc game and is I mean you got to think that they're likely going to lose this one, but is there something um, on the scoreboard or maybe even a personal stat line that you think Louisville can leave this game with with not their tail completely between their legs and something to kind of build on um, the remainder of the season? Well, you know the standard is that Louisville and NC State are comparable programs, and that Louisville will be competitive no matter who it plays because it's a top ten program in the country. That's the standard. The expectation right now is, well, Louisville's been Louisville's been struggling quite a bit, and they're what? How big underdogs are they here? More than twenty? Twenty-two. Yeah, uh, twenty-two. Twenty-two and a half, which is just that just shows you the difference between the expectation and the standard. The standard might be that you're you're you know maybe a slight slight underdog on the road in Chapel Hill, but but you're still a comparable program. So that's the, that's the gap that's got to be bridged by Kenny Payne. Um, not necessarily tonight, but it's got to be bridged. Um, the expectation right now is very low, and I don't even think Louisville fans are expecting it. What can they take 
away as a victory, it's tough. I said this is a tough conversation to have when you're trying to define success by something other than winning the game or at least competing to win the game. And I think that's what success is going to be. How competitive is Louisville? How smart does it play? What kind of chance does it give itself? Um, if, you know, but in the final 10 minutes of the game, if Louisville has that game in single digits and at least has a chance, then I think that's something positive and you can take that away from the game. If they don't and it's not a game at that point, then there's not a whole lot to take. You come back against Wake Forest and you try and do it in that game. But, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot to be taken at this point. I know there's progress to be made and I, I know they're not at, at really 100% from a health standpoint, but, you know, for the for the decisions that are going to be made in the last month of the season, um, this is when they'll you know when you build that case, and so they've got to be competitive. They got to figure out a way to do that, uh, and I know that's going to be tough given the personnel and and a lot of stuff working against them. Eric Crawford, WDRB. It's the V Show. Nick Valvano, Phil Baker filling in for Bobby V. You can listen to the game over on 93.9 The Ville and the ESPN Louisville app. Uh, pre-game begins at 7.30. Uh, piggybacking off that a little bit, uh, the injuries. It's it's definitely something. Uh, how much is that when you did that interview with Josh Hurt talking about the positive deposits? How much of that do you think that will play a role in any sort of decision as the season goes, the final two months of the season? Uh, it could be a factor, you know. I think I think trainer is the big one. I, I don't know how much Dennis Evans is going to help them over the balance of the season. Um, you know, he he might have come in and spot and, and been good, but but trainer would have helped them, uh, and that that's a big deal uh, for him to be hurt. Uh, Ron Davis, I don't think figures in. I mean, that's a guy that 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 Payne picked, and he wasn't a fit. So uh, so that, or at least. Payne judged him not to be a fit, and that was that. So that's on the coach. Um, and then, you know, Trent Flowers is just, you know, a freakish kind of thing. But again, kid you identified and, and, and got, and he didn't even make, you know, the start of practice. So uh, that's all going to be a factor. But I think the factor is going to be how well this current team plays and and how well coached they look, you know, from here on in the final outcome. And, um, you know, I, I hear it, I get it. Have people write to you different things. Everybody read into that last column I wrote, whatever they wanted to read, which is what what happens. It's what people do. But it, it said that what somebody wrote me and said, this, this is exactly the case of why Kenny needs more time. And it may turn out that, that Payne gets more time, but it's also, you know, the all of these things don't have any bearing on how hard this team run, gets back on transition defense. Right. Yeah. None of Nothing Rick Pitino did, nothing the NCAA did. None of that has any bearing on whether this team can get back and defend in transition. That is only determined by how hard they want to play and how much the coach can get through to them, that that's something that's got to be done. So, you know, these are not, you know, we're, we're beyond the culture and, and state of the program type stuff. I think, you know, Josh Hurd can look at all that and will, but in the end it comes down to these guys playing hard. Are they doing what they're supposed to do? Are they playing solid enough basketball to give themselves an, even a chance to win games? Eric Crawford, WDRB, joining us uh, at Eric Crawford on Twitter. Uh, the team up the road, UK, looks to try to bounce back tonight against Mississippi State. Um, they lost a tough one against Texas A&M in overtime. What needs to be done different tonight for the Cats to get back uh, on the uh, the winning column? Well, it's, it's kind of the Kentucky effect. I, I thought, I watched the game, uh, you know, a, t- a 
couple times, really, just kind of trying to figure out what Kentucky didn't do offensively. There were a lot of Texas A&M shots they made that were contested that they do not make on a normal night. That just kind of it's kind of that Kentucky effect where team is going to step up its game to play on that stage against that team, and Texas A&M did. As evidence for the fact that last night, you know, 25 minutes into a game at Arkansas, they only had like 39 points. This team put up 97 on Kentucky. Having said that, Kentucky's got to be better and more solid defensively. It, it can't just be that you got to have Aaron Bradshaw down there blocking shots and cleaning up everybody's mistakes. Um, they need to do a little bit better job uh, of containing their man. Uh, they need to, to make teams work a little harder uh, offensively. You just have to assume that teams are going to up their game against you. You're, you know, you came in there top five, six feet in the country, and, and teams are going to be geared up to play you. But uh, they're going to have to work and, and figure out a way and, a, and an identity defensively. They don't have to get a lot of stops. They've got one of the best offenses in the country. But you got to get enough stops to give that offense a chance to get you some separation in one game. Eric Crawford, WDRB, Nick Valvano, Phil Baker filling in for Bobby V. Um, switching it up to football a little bit. What Jeff Brom's doing in the transfer portal, I believe on three has them as the number one team uh, in the 2024 transfer portal rankings. I don't expect you to do a deep dive on all the recruits coming in, uh, the transfers coming in, but what do you just make of how Jeff Brom has utilized the transfer portal, NIL, and everything else in between? Well, for anybody that thinks Louisville doesn't have a solid NIL operation, all they have to do is look at that. Right. Um, they do. Now, uh, football's getting the bulk of that. I mean, that's football is a priority, and it should be because it makes money. Uh, men's basketball also a priority. Um, and so there's they have resources available to go get players in the transfer portal especially. And I think it's a, it's a nod to Brom that he's realized that, you know, Louisville – they can knock their socks off and the best they're going to do in a high school recruiting situation right now, maybe they get into the top 30, but as a portal entity and with a reputation and what they did this past season uh, and their ability to, to leverage NIL and, and other other stuff they have to be able to do what they're doing in the portal is pretty remarkable. And that levels the, the playing field a little bit and it closes the gap, you know, in the high school recruiting and I think, you know, he. we just saw the beginnings of it last year, and the, the effort began then. It worked all through the season, and now we're seeing the result of it. So I think the, the one thing that people, you know, with like 502 Circle would like to get across is that, you know, for people that, that give their money through that, these are the results you see. So uh, they should, they're trying to draw that connection between getting involved through the collective and getting money through the collective and, results on the field and I think that was pretty clear in this past football season and probably going to be a lot clearer moving forward. Eric Crawford joining us from WDRB. Eric, Zach C made a good point in the first hour. Is it crazy to think that um, with the success Jeff Brom has had in the transfer portal that the team he had in his first year here might be the least talented one that 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 he's going to have in his tenure. Do you think this is a sustained level of success that they're going to have in the transfer portal year in and year out? Well, I don't know about about you know rankings and all that stuff whether that will stay. But I, I even wrote during the season, look, this is only the beginning. Whatever happens this year one is gravy because yes, they were able to come in and recruit, but he was not hired. You know, you know, with a chance to really go full bore on a full recruiting class. 
And, you know, what he put together was pretty much patchwork. And they were losing guys that they didn't even really have a chance to keep uh, at that point either. So uh, this this year, you know, I think most of the guys they really wanted to keep, they were probably able to. Uh, and if they lost them, it was probably an issue of they didn't want to outbid somebody else for them. Uh, you will do that for a player you really want to keep, but for somebody you think you can replace cheaper or comparable, you, you probably do that. So, yeah, I think this year was just the beginning. Now the schedule is going to get tougher. This was, this was, last year was kind of an anomaly, the schedule. This coming year will be a little tougher. It's still manageable. So the results may vary, but in terms of quality of teams, they're going to be a lot better in the coming years than they were this past year. Eric Crawford, WDRB. Uh, last one for me from the college football ranks. Uh, forgive me if you've been on the V Show since that it's been a blur. But Nick Saban retirement, just the the health of the college football. It, it kind of feels in the same light of you know the Coach K's, Roy Williams, Jim Bayheim all coming at once. But he didn't do the farewell tour. Uh, so Nick Saban no longer at Bama. The sport seems in a very healthy place. But what do you make of the Nick Saban retirement from a national perspective? Well, the difference is with college football, you know, basketball loses Bayheim and, and, and Krzyzewski and all these other people. And there's the young coaches behind them are not the same star power. Uh, college football has plenty of star power. I mean, they got Harbaugh for another few days anyway. And they got, you know, they've got, they've got good coaches who are young, who are moving up, and everybody knows, you know, what we're looking at. Um, I think Saban, you know, the, his leaving, though, is related a little bit to Shashevsky and to Roy Williams and everybody else because the college football game has changed. And he was, he could still be really good in the current climate. I don't know that he could dominate in the current climate, but I just think it's a lot more work than it was. And it's a lot different than it was. You're, you're talking about, you know, uh, salary structures and stuff when you weren't doing that before. That's a whole different deal. Uh, you can coach a whole lot, a whole lot less coaching and a whole lot more management to be any kind of college coach now. And, uh, that's, that's a tough thing. So, you know, does it hurt the college game? It's a loss. Well, I'll miss having, you know, he's a presence and been a dominant presence, but college football is strong. I, I worry about college basketball. College football is not going anywhere. Eric Crawford, one last one for me uh, before we get you out of here. Uh, do you have any thoughts on the coaching carousel that is the NFL? Do you think Belichick maybe goes to the Cowboys? Where do you think Harbaugh is going to uh, wind up? Or is McCarthy done in Dallas? Is Sirianni done in Philadelphia? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yes to all. Um, <laughs> wow. No, I, I don't know. Belichick, the Cowboys, I don't know. I don't. To me, that's not a fit. Um, he, he can obviously coach and win anywhere he's got to have to change his mentality a little bit about letting you know letting the team ownership and a general manager put together his roster and and craft his offense and some of the things he done he did obviously weren't working there at the end in new england and you've got to adapt and that that was the genius of nick saban he always adapted to whatever was happening um those other guys i don't think mike mccarthy's going to be gone um, Eagles are going to are going to look somewhere else. I think you know it's all it's all going to you know the carousel is going to be moving pretty good, and it'll be fun to see where everybody winds up. But Harbaugh, you know, I guess he interviewed in San Diego. Yeah, they're the best team. You wonder if he will take Washington for the family situation, 
just to have everybody there together. Uh, but, you know, you look at who you're – you're always looking at two things. How good a quarterback do you have and who do you have to compete against? Uh, San Diego is a pretty good spot right now, and I don't know how good, you know, some of these others are to compare to it. Eric, always appreciate the time, man. Enjoy Wednesday. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it, Eric. Eric Crawford, WDRB, joining the V Show here on a We Want to Know Wednesday on ESPN 680-1057. All right, so before we hit our bottom of the hour break, uh, intern Cowboy, what do we got for our We Want to Know Wednesday by, factoids of the by day? By the way, before you come on the air, are we going to talk about what Tanner did in our ear to be the well-actually guy? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, uh, yes. Eric Crawford meant L.A., but you know what? I applaud Eric for <laughs> saying San Diego still because, damn it, I'm not going to change. You're going to change. Cities. <laughs> Go ahead with We Want to Know Wednesday. We want to know Wednesday. We, we want to know Wednesday. We want to know Wednesday. So today, January 17th, is National Bootleggers Day. Oh, hey, all right. It, this day also is intended to celebrate the birthday of Alphonse Capone, who was born in 1899. So I would like to say thank you to them and cheers to them for helping me endure every one of my sports team's horrible seasons my entire lifetime, and I bet many others would, would too. <laughs> All right, so cheers to that. Raise a glass, raise a... Uh, to Capone? Well, yeah, and to, and to bootleggers everywhere. Okay, yeah. And, and to, to the, the people that said no, nay. Prohibition said we can't have our spirits. These brave souls said nay, nay. We will constantly be dulling our senses, especially if you're a Bears fan like intern Cowboy or a Jets fan like me. Before we get to the bottom there, and I'm sorry for doing this because I know Zach C was doing it to you all last segment, talking about Pop-Tarts and just getting back to sports on the NFL and everything in between. I need some help, and this will be a good assignment for the interns. Okay, Mark Story, have you gotten this? Uh, the Kentucky Sports Figure of the Year voting guidelines. I, I have not. Okay, and- I'm going to let them vote for me this year. Okay. That's that's an assignment there. As as multiple hosts, and you know this, come back here and it's like, what are all these interns doing everything? I was like, this is what they're doing. They're taking my ballot, and I am bestowing on them to vote on behalf of me to Mark Story in the Lexington Herald Leader. How about that? Maybe I'll get my invite revoked there. So I'll print that out for them. We can see who they come to a collective agreement on because it only could be one. So the three of you or two of you back there as they're not even listening right now. So that's uh, very uh, compelling stuff uh, (laughs) heading into my ballot that'll be there. But uh, I know they can't hear me either because they don't have headsets. But we'll do that. And I loved it warmed my heart of Tanner just saying L.A. In our <laughs> I like that. That's, no, that's I like that. Stuff. He was listening. He was listening. Yeah, no, absolutely. That was good. Tanner, next time, just come on the air and correct the guest. Yeah, that, that's going to go that. over no, well with EC, the award-winning journalist, EC. Capital yeah. J journalist, yeah, Eric Crawford. The reason why was because when he said San Diego, my brain was like, he... He was going for San Diego State's job? Like, that's so weird. And then I was like, wait, no. He's going to coach the Aztecs. Yes, absolutely. He's going to bring them to prominence. Now, I will say, as somebody who's a geography snob, I also appreciate it from the standpoint, I've I've told the story, we've lost a lot of money in trivia. Uh, right. We had this feud with the U of L Dental School when we used to do trivia all the time. Wait, wait, We'd wait. Always I, th- I didn't know this. Oh, you didn't know the story? No, okay, so no, real quick please. before we get the break. We would always come in second place when we would do trivia. UofL, I think it was UofL Dental. They had a team that was, they were ringers. They were good. We would always be second. Were they all handsome? Like anybody I've ever known that's been in dental school? Like my my ex pointed this out because I think there was a little bit of rivalry between the med students and uh, and, and the dental students. No, and um, she said that 
everybody there were some attractive, was, was gorgeous. Yeah, there, there were some Men, attractive women, and great teeth, of course. But right. one of the things, it was a like overtime, it was an overtime battle, and it was where is the Super Bowl, what city is the Super Bowl being held this year? Right. And I was like, this is a trick question. I know that. What city? And I was like, they're going to put San Francisco, and it's Santa Clara. Ah, and it's like from here to Frankfurt. That's a different city. Right, like it's, right. It, it, that's you, fair. That's very fair. The guy said he accepted both, and I'm oh, like, what? Ooh. And we lost it. Came in second. It, had we hit that, we would have won because he was. They had the upper right. advantage. We would have. And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, and I was showing him. I was like Mike Brown, the Sacramento Kings guy, getting a laptop up there, showing him Google Maps. And I was like, this is not the same city. Like I can understand with the zip code. Right. This ain't the same city. I'd be I'd be hot. I mean, you're 100 percent right. By the way, we need to we need to do. A I trivia. heard you talking about the Spring Street stuff. Spring Street trivia, seven o'clock on Monday. Cash prizes, top three teams. I think we might need well, to with Biscuit, assemble a crew. Biscuit, you, me, pops. See, I'm useless until there's like a random pop culture question. I, I feel like I'd be the same way, but I'm great company, and yeah. I think that's what I would be there for. Biscuit, and I would just get out of the way, know who the stars are. Biscuit and pops do work. Yeah, I, I, but I, but I'm, I'm with you. I feel like you and I can contribute with some of the pop culture stuff, random knowledge. But you know, those two guys would be you know our star guys, and you guys, would, you and I would be depth players. Give me the starting lineup for the '90s Charlotte Hornets, and I would like pull a random like Matt Geiger out of there. Name That's- five members of Cobra. I got you. Like, Precisely. Yeah. Like, Who, what, definitely- what was the critically acclaimed song for Batman Forever? Seal. <laughs> you know, Kiss from a Rose. Like these are the things that useless knowledge. We need to get to a break. I'm we sorry. do. We do. We need to get to a bottom of the hour break. I think we should come back to Kiss from a Rose. By the way, uh, but it is the V Show. It's a Wednesday. Phil Baker, Nick Falvano. Tanner Brutomesso, C.L. Brown will join in about 10 minutes. Uh, thanks for listening. It's ESPN 680, 105.7. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. Did you know that when it snows, my eyes become alive and the light that you shine can't be seen? Be a part of the show. Text Bobby V on the UPS Jobs text line at 437-9680. The show continuing on a Wednesday, ESPN 680-1057. Fabulous one, Phil Baker in studio with yours truly, Nick Valvano. Tanner Bernmesso on the ones and twos. Uh, Pops is going to join us hopefully around 2.30 to talk a little bit um, about tonight's UofL, U, uh, UofL UK, UofL UNC matchup. Also, uh, Kentucky in action tonight. 
um, against Mississippi State. Uh, Kentucky basketball hosting Mississippi State tonight. Join James Strebel, Jason Entz, and uh, I believe Zach E.C., I, I think so. I, I'm in a group chat. James Black and I are in a group chat with them trying to get a game plan for Saturday because it's going to be another conflict with Bellarmine basketball and Louisville program in the NFL playoffs. So I think maybe I'll, that, there's a tease to listen to the Kentucky Fish and Wildlife postgame show. It sounds like we're going to uh, do another Twitter spaces or ESPN Louisville Plus. Uh, I was about to say, yeah. It, well, it gives us another avenue to go that. So just stay tuned. Listen to that. They'll take care of uh, you for all your Kentucky Mississippi State coverage coming up tonight. Well, they will have, and that'll be about 9, uh, 9 p.m. for the Kentucky Fish and Wildlife postgame show. Kentucky Fish and Wildlife reminds you to enter the 2024 Elk Draw today on their website without further ado from the courier journal cl brown joins us right now cl how are you this wednesday gentlemen doing well glad glad to hear you referring to it as twitter spaces because i refuse to call it x that a boy that a boy yes (laughs) appreciate you yeah join the resistance with us yes absolutely (laughs) exactly cl always appreciate uh you joining us the finest bow tie in college basketball in my humble opinion uh but cl i mean you you used to cover uh unc when you were down there uh what can we expect from the tar heels tonight uh as they host u U of l well honestly they look nothing like the team of the past two seasons under hubert davis um they they have hit their stride um I didn't see what the point spread is. I imagine it's probably about 23. 22 um, and a half is the latest yeah. one I've seen. 22 and a half, yeah. I, I mean, I <laughs> hate to say it, I wouldn't bet against them covering that. I mean, they to me right now, they're, they're clear and above the best team in the ACC. And, you know, they obviously uh, could, could contend for a title the way that they're playing right now. CL, you recently had a sit-down with Brandon Huntley-Hatfield, and you make note that um, of the last uh, handful of games, he's been averaging about a double-double. Now, he's going to have some tough uh, tough competition tonight in the front court with Armando Baycott and company in UNC. But do you uh, what, what, what stat line do you think we're going to see from Brandon Huntley-Hatfield? In the tougher, uh, tougher matchups, he seems to put up big numbers, but he still hasn't been completely consistent this year. We have seen um, those games where he just kind of disappears from the stat line, but what do you expect to see from the U of L big man? Yeah, I think I kind of. I mean, <laughs> I want to say those days of inconsistency are over for him, um, uh, especially rebounding wise. It, it, they might not be scoring wise, but I, I still contend that that his teammates don't get him the ball enough and and get him the ball in scoring positions and kind of make it a priority because um, that's why I, th- I think he had a three-point game against Pitt. I think that was the game, you know, within these last seven games that he had his worst scoring output. But I just felt like they didn't get him the ball. And if you get this guy involved, then he's going to it, – it's one of those things where the more that he feels, you know, the more he feels involved with the game plan, the more he feels involved with the execution, the better he will play. And so, um, I mean, I, I think I think he matches up well with Armando Baycott. Um, and, you know, I, I think he could have a double-double. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Uh, the, the only way I see Louisville hanging around in this game is if they get him involved early and, you know, and are able to make the defense honest and, and not allow them just to kind of 
try and chase Mike James off the three-point line for the way he's been playing lately. C.L. Brown, give him a follow on Twitter. C.L. Brown, who's part of the Courier-Journal Columnist uh, Network over there. Um, Okay, so with the Louisville basketball program, it's been difficult to just kind of react after every game. You see glimpses with the Miami game, and then it kind of reverts back to the NC State uh, type of play where it's like they're playing better, but how do you evaluate that from the standpoint that they're still losing? Um, Heading into the final two months of of the season, what does Kenny Payne need to do, if anything? Is it just wins and losses, or is it just signs of improvement? I feel like we keep having the same discussion. What do you need to say, Josh Hurd need to see from Kenny Payne in the final two months? Oh, I think I think wins. Right. <laughs> for I know, sure. it's obvious. I mean, I, I don't think they're going to get on some kind of a roll where, you know, they're, they're at, uh, you look up and they're 500 team in the ACC, you know. But I do think they are winnable games. Uh, they, they're playing, it, the way the ACC does the scheduling, like, because they basically didn't want Louisville in, involved in any marquee games after the Super Bowl, because that's what they stack it for. You know, people are still involved in watching NFL, and that's why that's why they start off Carolina Duke most years is right after the Super Bowl is played. So all of Louisville's quote-unquote easier games, easier opponents, are in the back half of the schedule. They stack them with all the tough games up front. So... They should be able to win some games, especially, I think, at home. You know, the Notre Dames of the world. Um, Georgia Tech is playing tough right now. Obviously, they, they went in and won at Clemson. They got a win against Duke. Um, but they're still susceptible to having letdowns as well. Um, you know, all of those kind of teams. Even I think Florida State is playing better, but I think they can be had coming into to Louisville to play that game. So they're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to win some games. Like all of these games are not against juggernauts that they shouldn't, you know, that it will take a a Herculean effort to win. So I think they're going to have to continue to show what what I think are small signs of improvement over these last couple of games. They're going to have to, you know, compound those. But I, I think like this NC State game, I don't think you can you can get away with starting Miller and uh, and Jovanovic together in a lineup. Yeah. Like pick one of the two, but you can't get away in the ACC with playing both of those guys. You know, and and I'm not putting all the blame of a of a slow start and falling behind twelve nothing just on those two guys. But I don't think it helped. You know, just kind of having that irregular lineup on the floor. And, you know, they have a very thin margin of error. You can't really give away possessions. Well, and to follow uh, up on that, I'm I'm sorry to interrupt there, but to follow up on that, I guess the injury may have forced Kenny Payne's hands a little bit on that. Josh Hurd alluded to positive deposits. Um, I I guess – 